Hey, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming back to another episode of Beyond Eight Figures. Today we have an entrepreneur who literally defines the whole thing. If you have an itch to scratch, you need to create a company to solve it because they went out and created an amazing company around solving itching from bug bites. Today's guest comes from a family of entrepreneurs, her mother, her grandmother, She's been featured in Shark Tank, where she won tons of platitudes. She's been on Good Morning America. She's on Forbes Business Council and Fast Company's executive board member. She is a true entrepreneur. And I just love that as simple as scratching an itch has led to such an amazing company. So let's welcome the CEO and founder of Bug Bite Things, Kelly Higney. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really, really happy to have you here today. I was just telling the audience, just it is so cool what you've been working on. Such a journey that I can't wait to hear more about. In looking what you've done and you know what you hope to do, where do you see yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey? You know, when I started Bug Bite Thing, I didn't have a whole lot of experience or background in this. And what I've learned along the way has been completely invaluable. And if I would have had somebody that was more vocal or somebody that could showcase some of the tips and tricks along the way, I wish I would have gravitated towards that more and taken advantage of that. So my goal now of some of these milestones and some of these mistakes I've made along the way, I want to give back. I want to educate people you know, they can have a very successful business on a low budget with not a lot of experience by doing self-research, networking, and getting involved in your community. There's multiple ways that you can be successful in business. And I hope to share my journey with you guys. (laughs) Where do you see yourself going on your entrepreneurial journey? I mean, obviously you're building this company. Do you see this as your life's mission or, and I know it's hard when you're in the middle of it, but now that you are an entrepreneur, is this something you see yourself continuing to do on whatever the pathway? I think it's in my blood. I think I can't unlearn what I've learned. And I've got this fire in me that I want to share with everybody else going through this journey. So here at Bug Bite Thing, our consumers are always have been the thriving a biggest component of our business. We're very customer oriented and customer centric and they've guided us this whole way. You know, they they're asking for more products, they're asking for product extensions. So, you know, my goal is to educate the world about bug bite thing that there's a chemical free solution out there that's helping millions of people. I want to bring awareness around um, the insect bite relief industry. There's a lot of education that the consumers would benefit from about bug bites, bug allergies, how we can keep ourselves safe, and just really helping uh, bring light to this industry. That is fascinating. And there is... There's so much more room that I could see just evolving and evolving. So that's, you know, that is so cool. 
as you've been working on this, what do you see as like the thing that has helped you the most to be an entrepreneur, to improve your ability to be an entrepreneur? Listening, listening to our customers, listening to the feedback and not getting in my own head or being stubborn by thinking my opinion is always right. We're data driven here over at Bug Bite Things. So it's really important for us to gather that feedback. Even in our, as far as our customer service teams, they're tagging all the inquiries that come in through social media, through our email system. So that way we can gather the snapshots of the, the questions people are asking, how they may be misusing our product, what other products they're interested in this industry. So really being customer focused has been the driving force of everything for us here. I love that approach to data, you know, because I'm a data analyst, a data geek. Was this something you brought right at the beginning or is this sort of evolved? Bug bite thing really came about because of my daughter. I grew up in California and we we got the opportunity to relocate to South Florida. I'm third generation woman entrepreneur. My mother and grandmother owned um, their own companies. And so I pretty much grew up in an office. I grew up very unique thinking outside of the box, always learning to pivot from a very young age. And when we moved out to South Florida, one thing we were completely unprepared for were the mosquitoes. Our daughter was six months old at the time. And every time she would get a mosquito bite, it would swell up to a golf ball size. Well, we would be in the doctor's offices every single week. And it got to the point where it was getting so bad where we were all just avoiding the outdoors. I also suffer pretty terribly from bug bites, not as severe as my daughter, but I'm the mosquito magnet. (laughs) I'll be standing in a room with 20 people and I'll be the only one that gets bit. So we're a special breed. People that are mosquito magnets know we all relate to each other. So what none of the -the over-the-counter treatments were working. And because of how severe my daughter was reacting, the only option I had was a a topical cream and it was full of chemicals. And I found myself constantly applying these chemicals on her body. And I almost felt mom guilt, right? Because, you know, I'm just trying to keep her from taking antibiotics and give her relief. But I was literally loading her up and it was seeping in her skin. She was putting in her mouth. She was a baby. Um, So I started researching how other countries were combating insect bites. And I came across a little known suction tool that was being sold through some industrial first aid kits. And the premise behind it was when you remove the irritant, your body stops producing the reaction to the irritant. So thought nothing of it because if this simple little device worked well, why wouldn't it be here? So ordered one in, tried it out, literally got a bite on the way to the mailbox and all the pain, itching, swelling, everything completely subsided within seconds, 30 seconds. It was gone. Like the bite never happened. And I said, there's no way. (laughs) Um, So I started testing it. And with uh, obviously first one was my daughter. It was eliminating her reactions altogether, which was shocking to me because we were dealing with this on a weekly basis. And so I kept, I couldn't get out of my head and I kept saying, everybody needs one of these. Everyone needs to know it exists. So uh, entrepreneur brain and background, I, I could not kick it. And so my mother, I was working for my mother at the time through her other business, her distribution company. And um, I said, I want this. I want to bring this here and I want to launch it. So we ended up tracking down the factory who was manufacturing the product. And uh, I pitched him and I said, 
Every single person in the United States needs one of these. My, It's eliminating the problem for my daughter. It's a big issue here in South Florida. So he took a chance and we ended up entering at the time a contract for exclusive distribution rights for the United States. I branded it, Bug Bite Thing, and I started selling them at bake sales and farmers markets. My first batch of inventory, I, uh, my husband and I, when we started getting the traction at the bake sales and I knew I wanted to go all in... We ended up selling our house, (laughs) which was terrifying. We moved into a rental house because that was our safe nest to be able to launch this the proper way and have a backup plan in case it didn't work the way I had thought. And um, I went all in. I taught myself social media marketing. I started gathering feedback from the community so I could start creating verbiage and a concept of how to teach people about my product and how it worked and the science behind it. And I just utilized our customer feedback and I just kept repurposing the testimonials that were coming in and essentially building our marketing plan at the time. And then what ended up happening was that caught the attention of a Shark Tank producer. (laughs) And um, they had encouraged me to audition for the show, which was extremely nerve wracking, exciting. Again, at the time, everything was out of a rental house. So we had moved to house up the road that we had purchased that had a big garage. So then that was our next step. <laughs> we went from the rental house to operating out of my garage. And then very quickly after that, when we actually realized we were going to be airing on Shark Tank, we secured our first, it was a 5,000 square foot facility at the time to prepare for our launch on Shark Tank. So that's kind of how I got involved with this product and this business. And then obviously after Shark Tank aired, everything went absolutely insane from the consumer awareness on overload to our B2B business. Everything just took off. And that's kind of where it leads us to now. <laughs> I love that because I, you know, we've had a few people who've been on Shark Tank. How people have been able to... You know, And then just the experience. I've seen search traffic given the data. It's like this amazing. But then literally for years, it's like the the continuation. Well, and then what they don't talk about is the Shark Tank like after effect. So not only, you know, you air, you have the opportunity. We were very fortunate enough in 2021 to get an update. So we got to be featured a second time on Shark Tank with some of the success we've had, which was another, you know, jump in awareness. And obviously the update episode really helped with the credibility because it showcased what we had accomplished, which was super exciting. That always stirs up a lot you know, of business. But the big thing is the reruns. People don't think about that. But CNBC has picked up Shark Tank. And so they're constantly re-airing episodes. So it's just been an incredible journey. I'm so thankful to Shark Tank and that whole community. It's been life-changing, really. So the awareness Shark Tank can bring is is pretty intense. <laughs> kind of almost flipping from that, given that they've been able, because you were doing that, not that they helped you specifically, because obviously it's a two-way, but because of the benefit you gain from that, you do a lot of things with Forbes, Fast Companies. Can you talk a little bit about, because you said earlier, you love talking to anyone about how to become an entrepreneur. I would love to hear about what led you into all that. So for me, this came from passion. I 
it, my customers drive this brand and this business. And I wish more companies would look at their own customers because they literally map out your business, what they like, what they want next, what you can do to improve on your business, what you can do to improve on their consumer experience. So they have been the driving factor of everything. So it's a passion. So what I realized is not everybody's willing to divulge their secrets And the way I view things is some things aren't secret. Some things are just good practice, like listening to your customers and thinking outside of the box and figuring out how to make different situations a win-win-win or not being afraid to pivot. All these things I think are so important. And so if I can provide any type of insight for what has worked for me and my brand, maybe somebody will get read that and find value in it and can apply it to their business. Every business is unique. There's not a one size fits all. That's a big situation I discovered going into bug bite thing. I thought there was this some roadmap that you were going to be able to follow in these levels. And that's just not how it is. Every business is different. Scenarios like COVID and other situations throw wrenches left and right iOS updates, right? There's so many things that happen and you have to be able to pivot, think on your toes, think outside the box. And I think that style of leadership should be taught more. And if I can provide insight to other people going through it, then it's a passion of mine. I love talking about what's worked for our brand, but not saying it will work for your brand because it may not. But if I can give my perspective, that brings me happiness. I'm glad because one of the things... I find is there's so many people out there who have, this is the way to do X, be an entrepreneur or grow these business. And the reality is someone who spent a lot of money on all those, and then also looks at a lot of companies data. It's like, there's a common sense approach. Yes. But the reality is it's how you adapt and how you bring your own personal structure into the reality of what you're facing. Given that you are now, you know, you've scaled, you've passed what I love to call that, like rubbing two sticks together and going from zero to one. Yeah, you have you sparks and now you have flames and now you're figuring and dealing with how do you keep this flame growing? How do you feed it? How do you, you know, support all this? And you are going out of your way to help others create their own entrepreneurial efforts. What advice do do you give people in that like sort of that transition, not like starting off? There's great advice there, but like that next one where all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, it's going to be so great. Oh my God, there's more problems. Oh, it's never ending. So I think the best advice that I wish somebody would have told me is make sure every solution that you put in is scalable. That's the best advice I can give Um, from your CRMs to your operating programs that you're using. One thing that I tell our teams in here, because we're in growth mode, we're building infrastructure, we're putting process in place, workflows, create the program manually, right? Whether it's spreadsheets or thought leaderboards or mind maps, create it manually, get it streamlined so it will work, test your process, make sure it's scalable, and then find the program to adapt to it. I see so many brands making the mistake that says, oh, I have an influencer program. Let me look at all the influencer programs out there. And so they start purchasing and spending all these costs instead of really recognizing what do our customers want? What's our custom program? And then what tools can we use to automate it, read the data, make changes. 
So that approach has been really lucrative for us. I think we ran into some hiccups by not doing it that way at the beginning. Because I'm like, oh, here's a great program. It's scalable. Let's do it. But then I didn't really look at our process and what I was trying to accomplish to see if that program would fit. So we had to go through multiple programs like that because we didn't pick the scalability of them and we kept exceeding what their capacity was. So look for solutions that are scalable across the board, warehousing, marketing, customer service, financing. (laughs) Yeah. And influencer campaigns definitely for the past few years have been a big thing. And I'm like, okay, great. So what happens when that occurs? And they're like, we get sales. It's like, that's sugar rush. <laughs> you know, That's a sugar rush. You may get sales. Right. What's the sustainability? What's the plan? What's the scalability? How are you going to evolve? Everything that we've set up, you know, over this last year has been for growth. And so everybody here at my office, I always tell them everybody's at the ground floor. Every department, the way that I'm building it is scalable. We can evolve it. And if you have the mentality that you can pivot, it's not a one size fits all. This is what we're trying to accomplish. You tweak and you perfect along the way as you're building your programs. And then you figure out how to, like I said, automate and retrieve the data to take it to that next level so you can make better decisions and better choices within those programs. Since you are being very visible and out there, what do people come to you asking about? You know, what are things that people come to you about? Very similarly to like what you said, I need, I need this program. What do you recommend? I, you know, I want to put together an influencer program. What do you recommend? I need who has a digital marketer, you know, do you have a digital marketing recommendation? That's such a vague question, right? How is your program needing to be built? Are you organic heavy? Are you storytelling? Are you, you know, bottom line? Are you, what are you trying to build a brand? Are you trying to bring awareness around a product? There's a million different scenarios in business. Are you trying to go global? That's a whole different business plan. So I think it really is important to look at your business before you start to reach out and what are you trying to do (laughs) and how can you apply your custom plan to what other programs are out there to help automate and make it easier for you. Since you are looking at expanding and going, because obviously there are ways, you know, we can talk EOS, we can talk OKRs, we can talk all different structures, but you talk a lot about using data. Is there a process you guys use to bring and reiterate around the data? Are you like, okay, once a week? What is the process you go about being data-led? That's a great question. It's evolving every week in our organization. So we started out with no data. Then we started out with very simple data, like uh, having our customer service team just creating tags with common things that are coming in. So I then because I'm not now moderating comments anymore, right? I have a team of moderating comments. I still need that visibility, which was providing the insight that I was making changes and better decisions on my marketing side. So I utilized, I started out with that data, then we scaled it to company data, right? So now how do I bring my inventory along with my accounting and cash flow and marketing. And so now we're at that level where we're looking at an ERP to help bring in everything. So there's just, there's phases. But when I, the best advice I can give people when they're looking at data is don't collect stuff that's not relevant to you or that you're not trying to make changes on or that you don't need. I feel like a lot of companies are heavy on data, but they are 
spending and investing time on people to run all these numbers that they're not even utilizing that data to make changes. So being really um, selective on what, you know, what you need to make your decision to keep going. And then the scalability factor comes in. So like for us, I wanted a solution where if a new problem came in or a new trend came in with our customers, I could very well quickly identify that. That's why we started tagging all of our social media comments. So if all of a sudden somebody's saying, the product's leaving a hickey on me and I have 20 of them for the week, we're going to alert marketing and say, we need to create more, you know, social content to push out to the audience that this should never leave a mark. You have complete control over the suction, should never be painful, should never hurt. Infants use it. But we would never even have that information if we didn't put in that process to be able to collect it on an ongoing basis. So really looking at each department, you know, a scalable level, how can you gather the insights to make different decisions? And then the other factor, like when you start bringing in team members, that's your next threshold, right? How do you get everybody trained? Um, How do you get everybody on the same page? How do you track this customer service rep's progress from this customer service rep's progress? So all of that stuff is what we're experiencing now that we're putting solutions in place, trying not to get overwhelmed, tackling it one at a time as they come up and figuring out how they all communicate with each other. So it's a lot of work. It's fascinating work. And it's also, it's a great type of work because you only have that if your core is successful. So it's like, it's kind of that good problem. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like here at Bug Bite Thing, we did things a little bit different. What I'm discovering than a lot of companies, we started out, I was never expecting this to be a global brand, to be honest with you. I wanted to be at home with my kids. And I thought I was going to do this on the side, making some extra money at bake sales. And then what happened was when the customers started responding to me and they started saying, this is life-changing. Where has this been my entire life? When I started getting doctors recommending our product, when I started seeing, you know, we have doctors, uh, apparently there's something in um, cancer patients through their chemo process that makes them more susceptible to bug bites. So when we start getting all this information back, it's very difficult to not do something with it. I don't know if it is for everybody, but for me, it was extremely difficult. So I felt a personal attachment to my customers right from the beginning. And I think that's what's driving me so hard to push this and just educate people that it exists. It's chemical free. We, you know, we've got almost 50,000 reviews on Amazon. The proof of concept is there. There's a lot of people getting relief. And then breaking down those barriers. When I first started, people were very skeptical to try the product. So what can you do as a business owner to change you know, that mentality? We created a 100% money back guarantee. So there was never any risk to try the product. And we still offer that even at this level today. I think many entrepreneurs would like to be as customer-led as you are. But what's so interesting, and you've built the processes to be actionable from what you see, because you were talking earlier about like find the pro, you know, but make sure you can see the different processes. You know, sketch them out, walk them through, do this process, not tool. You know, when I'm investing or I'm it's like, yeah, yeah, that's great. You can do that, but how? You know, how are you going to do that? And it's not easy work as someone who has done multiple, you know, those process to make things actionable. It's sort of like the um, Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain thing. It's all like, 
writes 5,000 words. No, 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 we need 500. No, no, 5,000 easy, 500 hard. Exactly. I always, I always joke. I do my day job during the day and then my night job is all process and workflows and brainstorm. Um, I'm, I feel very fortunate. My husband is our COO and he is completely opposite of me. So he's all numbers, analytics, data-driven, process-driven. So I get a lot of my knowledge and insight from him. You know, I'm very customer-focused. I'm marketing. I'm oh, Let's bring the awareness because this product is helping millions of people. So we balance each other very well. So we kind of work as a team and kind of navigate through the different departments so we can execute the vision. It's interesting. We've had some other people who are couples man- growing and start, you know, starting and growing companies. And I think that balance is a really interesting thing as someone who does not have that. I'm always kind of jealous because that is having that because you know so much, the ability to understand the other person in so many different ways. And when I'm overworked and because I love my job, I'll keep working. So it's nice for him to say, nope, we're stopping. You need to stop. Take a break. That can wait. I know what it is. <laughs> so it's nice to have that balance, you know, and we've been friends forever. I've known him since the seventh grade. So it's nice to get to to be in business with him. <laughs> that is very, very cool. You talk about you know, your mother and your grandmother being entrepreneurs. You're on these things and you're helping other people. Who are some people that either indirectly or directly help you on your entrepreneurial journey? I would say definitely directly my mother and Lori. Um, Lori's our business partner. Uh, When we went on Shark Tank, we struck a deal. Um, She offered us her golden ticket, which she gives out one per season. So we were super excited. But they're my sounding boards. They give invaluable uh, information to me. They both have been in business a very, very long time. And that's one thing that, you know, young entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs, or if you have some success in a business, don't get cocky about it. You know, there's people that know more than you. And there's always room to learn and grow and learn a different category or learn a different perspective on something. So just having somebody that has that type of business experience from all different walks, not directly involved in my business, has been monumental. And they have been great partners. They're very involved. It's just been great. So that's my direct answer. Indirectly, I Sarah Blakely is an, a huge inspiration. She's from Spanx. I want to be that CEO one day that can give all of my team first class tickets to anywhere in the US for a bonus. That's my goal. I know I can't hit my goals without my team. I want to bring all of my uh, team here at Bug Bite Thing up with me. And we're all in this together. They see the feedback directly from the customers like I was seeing on a very small scale on a much bigger scale. So they get it. They, they're part of our bug bite thing family. And um, what we've created with our community, our customers are the same, that we call them all part of our bug bite thing family. When you get that type of relief, you're buying from a brand that they're not trying to push product down your throat. We offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. We offer troubleshooting. We're very focused on our customer. If you look on any one of our social posts, Every single question is answered. Not all brands do that. And um, that's something we'll never get rid of. That's our whole company is based off of our customers. They're the ones that tell us the next 10 products they want. They're the ones that told us they want more colors. So it's very exciting to see what's happened. I think it's exciting just to see what you've done and where this is going. 
how are you looking at your success? Obviously, you know, there's a lot going on. You're getting recognized, Shark Tank. But how do you define success as an entrepreneur? That's a great question. There's not a one size fit all answer. Um, For me, it's inner peace. I go a million miles an hour. So I'm constantly I'm I'm the brain that never shuts off. I'm sure there's many of you out there. So my ideas never stop flowing. So sometimes that can be a blessing and a curse. (laughs) So figuring out the balance. um, I'm a mom, my kids are my life. So even though I work a million hours, I never sacrifice my time with them. I still drive them to school every day, my husband picks them up. They don't feel that void when we're traveling, we we always make sure we balance everything. Um, If we have to be gone for two days for work, we're taking a two day family vacation before. So figuring out that balance and that inner peace while bringing awareness to a product that can help so many people that don't even know it exists. Bug Bite thing, I have believed it since the beginning. It it needs to be a household name. There's so many firsthand testimonials at this point of its effectiveness and how it's changing people's lives that I just want people to know it, it exists. That's it. Just if you suffer and your or your children suffer, give it a shot. Try it. Um, it works on mosquitoes, bees, wasps, ants. We again because we listen to our customers. We discovered our customers are using it like crazy to pull out splinters, embedded objects like thorns or glass, other insects like sea lice and chiggers. And so we're constantly listening to our customers and then working with that. So we're working on more clinical testing now that we know people are using it for it anyway. So it's just really, it's a huge community um, that I think we've built that has an endless amount of answers for us if we just listen and pay attention and document. I really just cannot wait to see where you take this because like I said, there is no given path to the entrepreneurial journey. So you've created something, you know, just by force of will and, you know, then bringing along more and more people. Bugbitething.com. You can buy one on our website or get more information. Um, We're also the number one best-selling product on Amazon for insect bite relief with, like I had mentioned earlier, almost 50,000 reviews. So read through some of the reviews. They're pretty great to see how how people are receiving the product and how it's life-changing for them. You can also follow us on social media. This year, we're going to be doing a lot of storytelling. Um, We have a new strategy and we're shifting a lot of our our focus on TikTok to really educate people and give insights on my entrepreneur journey. You can follow me personally, Kelly Higney, CEO. I've got my own pages that we're going to be working on dual promoting the entrepreneur side and bug bite thing side and intertwining them. So yeah, we love as many people that want to hear about what's happening in our world. uh, We encourage you to try the product and give us your feedback. Well, we'll make sure we have everything in the show notes too for everyone. Kelly, like I said, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, everyone. There was so much that we were able to talk with Kelly there. I jokingly said, you know, because come on, it just leads to this. A great entrepreneur has a itch and they find a way to create a business around how to scratch it. Kelly hit this on the nail. I mean, she understood the assignment. But the coolest thing to kind of look at and listen to her descriptions and what she went through and yes, her family, you know, her family history, her mom, her grandmother, all this being entrepreneurs. But the reality is great ideas are a dime a dozen. 
all you have to do is hang out in a startup-y environment at a bar you know, nearby Dumbo, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, downtown New York. Listen to all the ideas people are pitching, and they're amazing. But the reality is execution is everything. And Kelly has executed. This was coming across again and again, just from like the way she's thinking about this, what she put into it. She started from just this basic concept and going to farmer's market to you know leveraging her house. As entrepreneurs, we need to kind of understand how much we're willing to put into our business. Think of it like poker. A really good poker player is not extra lucky or anything. It's just they constantly evaluate what is the opportunity in front of them. And Kelly knew she had something when just people were loving her product and she was sitting there. <laughs> yeah, she was talking about farmer's market and people started just telling her how much they loved it. And she used that. She just kept putting that into how they went out to the world, how much people were loving the product and surprise, all the way to Shark Tank and way beyond. So dive into why people should love your product, why you're creating value and push into that because, you know, as Kelly did, she built her whole business just around people just being so ecstatic on something working. It just is impressive beyond belief. I also love, she talks about how her success, the things she's really, really kind of moving and enjoying and kind of getting energy from was helping other entrepreneurs on their journeys, creating things without having to go the typical startup route, you know, and raise a bunch of money or, you know, be able to do something directly on their own. And it's interesting because I know from my own experiences, talking with other entrepreneurs and sharing with entrepreneurs who are earlier in their journey or then learning from ones more senior and then kind of commiserating and sharing ideas with peers is such a big part of the entrepreneurial journey to me. And the fact that Kelly is finding that so important and making that such a focus is something where it really help I believe helps her even be a better entrepreneur. That's something kind of to take away. And, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, if you have an itch that you believe business can be built around, scratch it. She's created this amazing business just because her daughter was itchy. And yes, it, her bug bites were very bad and everything. So there gave the extra energy to her to go further. Great businesses come from exploring what we live in our lives. And Kelly has done amazing by exploring how to scratch an itch. All right, everyone, go check out Bug Bite Things. We'll have the link. Kelly's Instagram is amazing. We'll have a link to her Instagram. Great engagement with her team, her family, some of her travels. Really, really a lot of fun. And as always, please go to beyond8figures.com, sign up for our newsletter. And if you're liking the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll be so, so, so grateful. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye-bye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. 
And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.